A massively important spring practice schedule is released. We go over it here. We also look at the running back room, and John Gillespie from the Grove Report stops by as well. This is the Locked On Ole Miss podcast. You are locked on Ole Miss, your daily podcast on the Ole Miss Rebels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to the Locked On Ole Miss Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Willis. Thank you very much for making us your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. So do us a favor, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell, comment down below, and upvote the video itself. Also, this episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started. All right. The spring practice football schedule has been released, and it's a little bit funky because of the way it is set up. And I think there are some ancillary benefits, some 4D chess um, going on. Now, I realize that the original day would have been April 22nd. That's the day, if you look at this schedule, that would make sense. LSU's in town. Morgan Wallen is doing a concert in the vault. So Ole Miss probably looked it away. Hey, maybe we could cancel this, but they decided to do this because they wanted the game type reps in the stadium. Here's the schedule. Spring practice starts on March 21st and goes 23rd, then 25th, and everybody is invited there. All the games, all the practices in the stadium on Saturdays are open to the public. So the 25th is open. Then you got the 28th, the 30th, the 1st is open, the 4th, the 6th, the 8th is open, the 11th, the 14th, the 15th is the Grove Bowl, and then there's three practices at the end. So the spring game is actually practice number 12 right now for Ole Miss football. And that that is interesting to me because there's some ancillary stuff that Ole Miss can do and take advantage of the situation, take advantage of the hand they are dealt. And specifically, if everybody remembers last year's Grove Bowl, what Jackson Dart went through, the struggles that he had, the stuff that Lane Kiffin had to do, the gymnastics, the way it led into a fall quarterback competition. And it all happened off of the perception of that. Because remember in college football right now, Whenever you see something like a spring game, that can be your first impression and you don't see anything again until the first game of the season. That's just the way it works now. It's not open. Whenever Coach Orgeron was in Oxford, there would be, like all of spring would be open to the public. We had people sitting up on the burn, I guess where the parking garage is now, but they were sitting up on that. and, and, And that was right before all of this crazy secretive nature started. Well, now the spring game will be the first impression on Spencer Sanders, on any players coming in that we're looking forward to see. And a lot of people will make their decision right then and just go defending it. There are people to this day that are not in favor of Jackson Dart starting because of basically what happened in the Grove Bowl in 2022. 
It's a weird thing. You, you, you hot take, you make a first impression and you defend it to the death because you want your take to be right so bad. And it's more important that you're right than it actually helps or you enjoy it or anything like that. The rightness is the only thing. So people are going to go and make their opinion off of Jackson Dart, off of that Grove Bowl. And they've just carried on. And everything that happens turns into a confirmation thing. He throws an interception. See, I told you. He makes a good play. Well, that was just lucky. You know, that that's how they handle this. So whenever somebody wants to argue with you about where Jackson Dart is as a quarterback, take into account that it probably stems from that, that first impression. You only get one chance to make a first impression. This is that to the extreme. Now, with three practices after the Grove Ball, that helps Lane Kiffin prevent that from happening internally. Because after the Grove Ball, you had to go back through, and Luke Altmaier had all summer to basically be the alpha setting up workouts. All of these things, he was ahead. Jackson Dart had to completely take control to win this job because of that impression that he left publicly. I, there's a lot of situations that come out of that game, but these practices will give you a chance to at least get internally right. There's a way you can script it to get back to zero. That last day, whoever has the best Grove ball, I guarantee you it's scripted to where that guy struggles and the other guy has a good day in the Grove Ball, just so it can come through spring practice as even. It'll be real interesting to see exactly what happens. Like, like I said, Grove Balls practice 12, 15 practice in spring, and this is an important era where spring practice is actually meaningful because of the transfer portal. Ole Miss has so many people that they're turning over. You need those reps. You need to start instilling your culture Right now, them going through the um, workouts early in the morning, that is culture building. Practice, the way they practice. The reason you want it to be that way is because in the fall, you want these guys to have a firm base of what's going on because it's absolutely done this certain way. You don't want people doing things your their own way. You don't want people doing things the way that they might have been done at Texas A&M or at LSU or at Oklahoma State, or at Memphis. You want them to do the things the way that you want them done. So spring practice is very important for that. So once you hit the fall and it becomes go time, these guys can take off and do the things that they were brought in here to do. So this is the spring practice schedule. Interesting schedule. There are some ancillary benefits that Lane Kiffin could and should take advantage of in this schedule. Like I said, it's because of a concert they're not doing it um, the weekend of the LSU game, who's number one in the country, and they're not doing it double-decker. So they're bringing people in to use that stadium at that point. So should be really interesting to see. The concert, I, I have never heard anything from that person. Don't know if it's a big deal, but if they're doing it in the stadium, hey, congratulations to them. But for the football team, which is what we care about, the football team, um, this is how this is, can help Ole Miss. Most every situation that comes out, if, if a tra player transfers away, for instance, let's take Tysheem Johnson. The first thought in my head is how can this help Ole Miss? Some people's thoughts be, oh my gosh, how do we replace that? What are we going to do? My thought is 
how does this benefit Ole Miss? How does this help Ole Miss? How can Ole Miss get better from this? Even though it's a negative thing, sometimes you got to go backwards to go forward. We have to figure out how to do that in situations. So in spring practice, a spring game that's a week early, how will that benefit Ole Miss? This is how I think that this will benefit Ole Miss. I mean, it's interesting to me. It is kind of fun. So we'll see exactly how that goes and exactly, um, you know, how Ole Miss can benefit from this in the future. So we'll see. Anyway, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Sounds to me like a win-win proposition for your first bet. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads. They even have all these crazy prop bets like you see all the time, especially in the Super Bowl. They have so many prop bets. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. The Ole Miss fans that live in Tennessee or Louisiana, they do have access to FanDuel. But if you're in Mississippi, you do have to use a retail spot to sports bet. So you can use them for lines and things like that. And we will use them for lines moving forward. So join FanDuel today at fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make everything, every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right, thanks again for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. Now make sure you check out our brand new podcast, Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place, plus you get to hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, players, Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. Pretty cool show. Um, they do some good stuff, and we'll have to see exactly how that goes, but Ole Miss may be a subject matter in the next 30 days or so, depending on how the season goes. Anyway, Yesterday, we started with our look at individual positions room going into spring. We started with the quarterback room and that competition, and they have massive stakes going in there. And this is the room that is going to make their life easier. The running back room, whenever I look at it, after signing day in 2022, it was Zach Evans, Ulysses Bentley IV, and Quinshawn Judkins, but that was just like a high school. That was a Quinshawn Judkins that we were expecting two or 300 yards from, a normal freshman season. Not the Quinshawn he became, the Quinshawn that we thought he might be. So we were looking at Zach Evans and all the talent, even though he was injured, and we talked about that he had trouble with injuries in his first two years at TCU, and we were hoping that that would be completely rectified and he would have a – Quinshawn Judkins type season as the starting running back. Now, he did have a better year than he had at TCU. Nearly 1,000 yards. Good back. Outside runner. It was Mr. Inside, Mr. Outside, him and Quinshawn. But 
when you look at teams and what was projected of him and now having a returning first team all-conference player, again, we're not going to look at what was in the room on February 2nd. We're looking at what was perceived production going into it. It was all Zach Evans. It was all Ulysses Bentley the fourth. I was as high as anybody on Quinshawn Judkins. And even I thought, you know, he 600 yards. That, that's kind of where I'm looking at at the moment. So, A, I peacocked like crazy whenever he ran for 1,500 yards and nearly broke Herschel Walker's SEC freshman rushing record and ran for over 1,500 yards. But... The one thing that stood out was he's coming back. Whenever Zach Evans and those guys came over, they had to replace, I don't know, 17, 1,800 yards of offense total. And they ended up with a 1,500-yard rusher, a 1,000-yard rusher for most part, and, you know, a couple hundred. The quarterback ran for like 600 yards. It, it was a pretty big deal. So now, looking at this, what you have to replace, and this is the important thing about the running back room, is about 900 yards and about eight touchdowns. So between Kedrick Roscano and Ulysses Bentley IV, you need them to get about 900 yards combined and eight touchdowns combined. If you do that, you are exactly on even footing returning of what you already have. And whenever you look at that, it's like, hey, will this freshman be able to run for 450? Yes. Will Ulysses Bentley, a former all-AAC player, be able to run for 450 and four touchdowns? Yes. So this running back room, to me, is above where it was going into last season. Now, Quinshawn kind of blew up the curve on that one because of how good he was. But I think Kedrick has a chance to surprise as well. There's a chance I think Kedrick Roscano is the backup running back. I'm just going to say that now. Ole Miss has a tight with running backs, and Kedrick Roscano should have been the Polynesian Bowl MVP. So you have Quinshawn Judkins backed up by Kedrick Roscano, who does a lot of the Mr. Outside stuff that Zach Evans did. Not the same back, not the same level, but... There's some things that Kedra Criscano has an advantage even over Zach Evans, including balance. Riscano's balance is, is nearly second to none. And it, it, it's really cool to see exactly um, him running the football. Hard to get him off his foot. His feet, his lateral movement is fantastic. His top-end speed is not the quite all the way there. But honestly, you don't, you're not looking for John Avery at running back anymore. You're looking somebody that is fast and quick enough to get 20, 25 yards, maybe bust it for a little bit, but you're not looking for that top end housing at speed. You're not looking for Devin A. Chain out there. You're looking for somebody that's consistent, somebody that can um, tote the mail, handle the workload, and get you yards when you need to get them yards. Now, the important thing to the running back room that Ole Miss is going to have to address is the hole in the middle of the field. And we are going to interview Bill Flowers, and he'll be on as an extra video sometime this week. And the middle of the field is so important because the lack of it, once it goes away and the defense can absolutely tee off, there's no threat of side-to-side -side with a jet. 
There's no threat of a um, middle-of-the-field pass going behind the linebacker. They can just tee off on their run fits. And that makes the simplistic run game that Ole Miss runs, and it is fairly simple. It's inside zone. It's outside zone. There might be a little window dressing, but ostensibly it is what it is. It makes it easier to stop. They were still good. They still did what they had to do. Imagine how good they could be if those linebackers have to take false steps because they're concerned about being beaten by Caden, Caden Priestcorn over the top or the slot receiver coming in behind them. Um, or even the jet sweep to the slot receiver. If Ole Miss can do that and make this defense work, they have a chance to be really, really um, successful moving forward. Anyway, we got John Gillespie of the Grove Report coming up next. Looking, totally looking forward to that. We're going to talk about the spring schedule. We're going to talk about different, maybe pro football focused stuff. We're going to, we're going to talk about some newsy stuff that they're doing over at the Grove Report. So anyway, stick around. All right, thanks for making the Locked On Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast, including YouTube. So do us a favor, hit the bell, subscribe, comment, and upvote. That'd be pretty awesome. Also, I want to let you know this episode is brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook. It's the official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. I am here with John Gillespie. He is the publisher of the Grove Report. If you can look up in our corner, we actually have some stories from the Grove Report. Um, this partnership has been going on for a about a week and a half at this point. I, I, I'm happy with it. Y'all, you guys might not be happy with it, but um, how you doing, John? I'm doing well, and uh, if I can if I can speak for everyone at the Grove Report, I think we've been very pleased with the partnership ourselves uh, as well. Yeah, thank you very much. I, I, I have fun with this, um, and I'm extremely busy, busy. I had like nine interviews this week. Uh, but, you know, let's just jump right into it. You, we wanted to get you on the show and to have somebody on the show that has the news perspective, the journalist perspective, because this show is all about perspectives and commentary. But the one perspective we didn't really have was that voice. Now with you, I'm looking forward to that. And there's stuff that you have seen like through PFF talking about Quinshawn Judkins and there's things with their, their early rankings and stuff like that that might be factoids of information that Ole Miss fans would like. Talk about Quinshawn Judkins and how he positions going into the 2023 season. Well, I think we can sit and, and talk about Quinshawn Judkins all day long because he passes the eye test, right? I mean, he is obviously a tremendous back, um, but it, it helps when there's some analytical stuff to that. And Pro Football Focus's numbers that came out earlier this week grading him the second highest uh, graded true freshman player in the country a season ago really backs that up. I mean, he is – um, special. I, I think me personally, I thought that he would probably play second fiddle to Zach Evans last year a little bit, but he really emerged as the guy. It's been, you know, that may have been helped some by Evans's injury troubles, but um, Judkins was the focal point of this offense, especially late in the year. And I think regardless of the quarterback competition, however, that inevitably plays out um, because there will probably be one of those. Um, Judkins is still going to be the anchor of this offense. And I think that's something that Ole Miss fans should be really excited about. Um, you know, being able to 
sign him to a new NIL deal this offseason, uh, kind of keep him in, you know, Oxford, uh, because I'm sure there would be other programs right now who have seen what he's he's done on the field and would really, really like to get in on that. Um, but uh, on the on the pro football focus side of things, though, it it really helps me at least to be able to see that, hey, he's not just passing the eye test, he's passing the numbers test as well. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, and you look at poor football focus, they also think very pretty highly of Ole Miss in their top 25 rankings as well. Um, tell me about that. Tell me where it kind of is at the moment. Well, I think it the, uh, the opinion across different publications who put out these way too early top 25s, I mean, you know, really things will continue to evolve as next fall approaches. So this is not going to be – set in stone gospel, so to speak. Um, but it is kind of a good indicator to see where people think these programs are potentially going to be when September rolls around. Um, Ole Miss is usually coming in the 20-ish range, uh, somewhere between 19 and 25. Um, and I, I think some of that, you know, is that they see that there's a lot of talent still on this roster. Um, some young talent, Judkins, namely. Um, a lot of people assuming – before the transfers of, of the quarterback position that Jackson Dart was going to take another step forward. And he may still do that. He may win the competition and do that. Um, but I, I think that that's really why they are one, just including Ole Miss in these, in these way too early top 25s, but two, they are, you know, in the lower half of that because of the lackluster finish to the season in 2022, um, you know, starting off seven and zero, and then, kind of falling off there uh, down the stretch. I think that's that's really kind of affected a lot of people's opinions. And um, I would say rightfully so. I mean, you know, the, the, the Ole Miss team looked different in the latter portions of the year. Um, I think the Alabama loss was very deflating um, just from that perspective because so much was built into that game, and they almost got it. But then after that, it kind of felt like the wheels fell off a little bit. But um, – yeah, I think it's a testament to what Lane Kiffin so far has built in Oxford, even with the lackluster finish last year, um, because, you know, we're, we're talking four or five years ago where there is no chance Ole Miss is even sniffing the top 25 at any point in time, um, you know, on, on the NCAA probation and everything like that. So um, it the, the turnaround, I still believe, has been really, really quick, really um, shocking, I would say. Uh, and, you know, uh, I'm sure that Ole Miss fans are really hoping that that continues to move in that direction. Um, but there are some some questions that have to be answered this offseason uh, as, you know, to try to remedy that falling apart that happened a season ago. Yeah, and, and let's talk about the thing that, honestly, we're going to be talking about for the next eight months, and that's the quarterback competition. Um, I interviewed Bill Flowers. I talked to him probably about an hour ago, and he he brought up something that I have not heard anybody else say. And he said whenever he watched it, Dart had the problems with getting the ball out of his hand quickly. And with that happen, that hampered the whole offense. That may have been the impetus for bringing in the new quarterbacks. He said that whichever quarterback can not turn the ball over and get the ball out of his hands quickly – Feed Quinshawn Judkins, that is going to be the quarterback in 2023. What say you? I, I think that's a simple formula, uh, and I think that that's probably a right formula. Um, you know, I, I think, okay, 
so I've been of the opinion, again, opinion, not fact-based, but I think that really the year two to year three step for quarterbacks is big. And this was Jackson Dart's year two, if you count his first year at USC as year one. Um, and I think that he was going to make a step this offseason, and I think he may still make a step this offseason in the right direction. Um, but I do also believe that uh, you know Lane, Lane Kiffin pursued these quarterbacks out of the portal for a reason, and I think that reason could be twofold. I think on one hand, you know, he's thinking, okay, let's get these talented quarterbacks in because more talent is never a bad thing. Um, and let's see who can potentially win this competition. On the flip side of it, that doesn't mean he's counting Jackson Dart out of this competition. It may just mean that, hey, let's see him prove it to me by beating out these really good guys that have come in. Um, so, I mean, there, there's definitely going to be a lot of talk about this quarterback room this offseason and uh, leading up to the fall. Um, I know that that may be somewhat of kind of a mental block for some Ole Miss fans because it feels like they just went through this last season with Dart and Altmaier. Um, but I think that it's it's something that there there is some strategy to it. Um, and, and I think that is the strategy because let, let's say that Spencer Sanders wins the quarterback competition. Okay. That means you've upgraded from Jackson Dart. If Jackson Dart wins the quarterback competition, that means you've upgraded on Jackson Dart from a season ago and you have now a better version of Jackson Dart. So uh, I think that that's kind of the thought process there. I, I don't, I don't know which quarterback is necessarily better or worse. I, I don't. Um, but that is definitely going to be a, a talking point of conversation. And we'll see how it plays out once once spring rolls around when we're when we're able to get a look at them. Yeah, I think there's three scenarios that can happen in this quarterback competition. And two of them, Lane Kiffin will take right now. If offered, he would take any one. One, he would not. First of all, Jackson Dart wins the quarterback competition, shows out, good enough to go pro, goes pro at the end of this year. He's all for that. Spencer Sanders wins the quarterbacking job. He's all for that. The one thing that he doesn't want is Jackson Dart to win the job and just be average, just be okay. That's the scenario that is, I think is going to keep him up at night over the 15 practices in spring into August. I, I think that's the scenario that he's just afraid of at the moment. Well, and that's that, that kind of goes into – what I was, you know, my, my vein of thinking as well is that I don't think you bring in these these higher level, if we can call them that, transfer quarterbacks wanting average to be the end result, regardless of who wins the competition. I don't think you bring all of these guys in because all, all three of these guys are transfers over the last two years. So I don't think you bring these guys in if you want average, if you're if you're okay with average. I think that whoever wins this quarterback competition going to need to separate themselves and be above average to really good um and so yeah i completely agree with that i think that that's that's a really good way of, of phrasing it and um before we get out of here let's talk about the spring practice schedule that got set it looks like they're going to go tuesday thursday saturday and saturdays are going to be open to the public but here's the kicker there's three practices after the grove ball um which to me is kind of cool because I'm always looking at a situation. I'm like, how is that going to be beneficial for Ole Miss? And then you immediately think of the grow bowl that Jackson Dart had last year and how that haunted him for three months 
after that game happened. Now he's got three practices to get right. He can go out on a good note. I guarantee you in this situation, if they did that last year, Jackson Dart would have been scripted at practice that he would be successful. Um, he would go out with a smile on his face that going to offseason workouts would be fine. I think this is a good situation for a quarterback competition because it's ominously going to springboard both quarterbacks into the summer. Yeah, uh, I totally agree because I, I think there are some things – now, you, you will obviously they'll, – they'll obviously have things on film from the from these practices, but the Grove Bowl being kind of a simulated game-type experience um, and seeing how different players, especially while we're on it, you know, talking about the quarterbacks, especially the quarterbacks, um, seeing how they respond to the offense in those situations I think is huge. And then you can look at – you know, go, go back in these in these last two or three practices that you have after the Grove Bowl and tweak those things. You can say, hey, Jackson, or hey, Spencer, here's something that you didn't do right. Here's this read, you know, that kind of thing. And I think that that's huge because we're, we're used to the Grove Bowl being it for spring, that being the end of it. Um, but I, I think that it is it is it sets up well, especially for a quarterback competition um and any other positions of of interest that you know individual coaches may have um to kind of tweak some more things heading into summer workout season yeah absolutely anyway thanks again for making the locked on Ole Miss podcast your first listen every day make sure you check out our brand new podcast it's called locked on college basketball it's got everything you need to know about college basketball in one place plus you get to hear from big name experts insiders coaches and players it's Locked On College Basketball. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. John, man, I am completely fired up. I'm so glad you came on. Hopefully we can do this again pretty quick, bud. Absolutely. Thank you, Stephen. All right. You have a good day, man. Hotty toddy.